Welcome to Don't Box Me In, the show that features conversations with people from all walks of life, talking about their extraordinary experiences and inspirational messages. Now, here's your host, Lana Reed. Hello, hello, hello. Like they said, I'm Lana Reed, and welcome back to this week's edition of Don't Box Me In. Today's topic is divorce, and in the United States, 41% of first marriages end in divorce. Uh, the statistics show that people who wait to marry until they are over the age of 25 are 24% less likely to get divorced. Uh, another research uh, tidbit says that half of all American children will witness the breakup of a parent's marriage. Of these children, close to half will also see the breakup of a parent's second marriage. And one fact that I found really, really interesting is that voter data shows that red states, states that tend to vote Republican, have higher divorce rates than blue states, states that tend to vote Democrat. And I'll have to research that more to see what that's all about. Uh, but my guest today is Sherry Morris, who is a lawyer, certified yoga teacher, mother, and writer. She is a also a certified diver- divorce coach, and you can find her helping couples navigate the divorce process at Life Transition Matters, which is based in Washington, D.C. So I'm so glad to have her on the show today. Sherry, welcome to Don't Box Me In. Thank you, Lana, so much for having me. I am happy to have you with me today. I'm, I'm hoping to learn a lot and, and, and understand some things because you have a unique kind of uh, thing going on there that I don't think a lot of people had even uh, envisioned or thought about. So uh, I'm glad it's out there for people to take part in. And like I said in the opening, you are a divorce coach. Um, and I think most people, when we kind of imagine this whole divorce thing, you you, you picture two people just being so upset with each other, I'm done with you, and they get their lawyers, and they walk down to the courthouse, and, you know, it's, it's that process. But I'm wondering, where does a divorce coach actually come into play in this whole process, and what is it that you actually do for people, couples? Oh, Lana, that's a really great question. Thank you so much for asking. Uh, a divorce coach, I like to say, is really a thinking partner, and hopefully, If you find a good divorce coach, it's a thinking partner who can help you as you make so many decisions throughout the separation and divorce process. I really like to add the separation process because I think it's important to have a thinking partner from the very beginning. So even if you're not sure if your marriage is over, it's a good time to to consult someone like a divorce coach. And I would also add that it's pretty important that that person be not a friend or family member. Okay. Okay. So is it is divorce coaching anything like therapy or is it totally different? Wow. Another great question. You're obviously <laughs> good at what you do. Um, <laughs> in fact, divorce coaching is specifically not therapy. And that's an important distinction that I have to review in, in my consultations with people so they understand. So therapy really focuses upon issues in your family of origin, why you may behave a particular way and your response to certain behaviors. And it's obviously very valuable to to many of us throughout our lifetime. But what a divorce coach does is act as a coach, which means we're going to talk about options you may have for proceeding and figure out through a number of tools, what the best choice is for you. And an important distinction is that I'm not deciding what you should do or diagnosing you with anything in particular. I'm helping you decide how to move forward through this process and make good decisions for you and also act as your best self because it's a very chaotic and stressful time and the goal should not just be surviving but hopefully thriving. Okay, awesome, awesome. Now, um so I can understand this whole divorce coach thing a little bit more. Is it is it a process where the husband and wife come to you and you work collectively for them as a team, or is it usually just like attorneys, one person hires you and the other person doesn't? That's the usual, um, Lana, but it really is up to the divorce coach. I am in particular receptive to working with couples if it's the right thing for them. And it doesn't always mean that their marriage has ended. It may mean that they are revisiting the, the marriage contract, so to speak, and that they're motivated to create a program that may allow them to continue to be married or to create a program that allows them to dissolve the marriage, but to continue not to be or begin not to be toxic with each other, especially um, as we all can probably appreciate if there are children involved. 
Gotcha, gotcha. True that. Um, now, all relationships, you know, be it marriage or whatever, we have these peaks and valleys and we have these rough spots, spots in our, our um, relationship slash marriage. So if what I'm hearing from you is correct, it's it's beneficial to kind of seek out the services of a divorce coach when you're starting to think that maybe this isn't working for us. Maybe we should explore separation or divorce. Um, is it at that particular time that it's best to kind of seek out somebody as a third party to kind of mediate that, that thought process? It absolutely can be. And I will, I will say that most of my clients are not the couple but that are, are individuals. And I would encourage you really as, as people think through this process to understand the dynamic in your marriage. You may not have a healthy partner who could join you in this process. You may have someone um, who in fact will immediately act out if they even sense mm-hmm. that you may, you know, plan to dissolve the marriage or are thinking about even considering it. So if that's the, the the unique circumstance that you have and only you can know that, then probably you're going to want to consult with someone on your own so that you know what you may face. Um, so many people, you know, really go blind into divorce and, and won't understand where they will, you know, end up on the other side of it. Okay, awesome. I'm just curious because it's a very unique uh, job to have, career field to have. What What sparked your interest in divorce coaching? Well, it was frankly a very personal one, Lana. I um, was a lawyer for a long time and raised four children um, with my husband, who also um, happened to be um, a partner in a law firm we shared, ultimately. And when we went through our own divorce, um, it was a very trying period that I found was not well supported by by all the people that we had involved in the process. In other words, we had all of the right reasons to have uh, the right things happen, and it didn't really unfold that way. And as I reflect, we started to reflect upon it when I was at a place where I could reflect upon it and think about the impact on our children, who you know happily now are are all really doing quite well. Um, I realized I thought there could be another way, and and the missing link I came to conclude was this person who acted as a coach, either for both people or probably preferably for an individual who. Uh, has a coach and the other, the other person has their own coach so that, so that you can understand conflict that may arise and try to really at, at every juncture avoid conflict, especially, uh, as it relates to the children to benefit them. Okay. Okay. I like that. Now, in my mind, I'm, I'm picturing there's two types of options here when it comes to the, the conclusion of a marriage and that's when two people you know they agree you know this is not working and we should part ways and then there's this other option where it's very volatile it's very toxic um is it uh is it beneficial to have a divorce coach in both options or just one of those options wonderful question in my opinion it is very rare that people are both consenting at the same moment to the divorce, even if one has thought about it for some period of time, they may not act upon it or may decide in the end it's not what they want. So um, I really find it's it's important in both instances to have a divorce coach because you can't always anticipate the the behavior of a soon to be ex and the, the soon to be ex, and you may need support along the way. So even if you think it's pretty amicable. It's a good idea to have someone who who provides that thinking partner role and is advising you. And conversely, if it's very hostile, it may be important to have that thinking partner who's not related to you, for instance, who can be more objective and say, let's think about things five years from now instead of next month and how you want to relate to this person in the long run. Um, so really, in my view, a divorce coach could be part of every divorce, and that's not just because, you know, it's now my business. I really <laughs> see the value in it um, for anyone um, who may who may feel that down the road there are potential issues involving conflict, which, you know, the nature of a divor- uh, divorce really it always includes that possibility. Yes, I mean, you have so many things that go on. And, and, and that kind of leads me into the next kind of question, you know, as a thinking partner, you know, when somebody comes to you at at whatever stage of the process that they're in, what types of issues are, do you find that your clients are struggling with that they need your assistance with? 
I think immediately there's a lot of chaos in their lives because they've either been contemplating divorce, maybe have just been served with divorce papers, or maybe are about to serve divorce papers upon a soon-to-be ex. So the kinds of issues that immediately arise can be you know, very basic. Where am I going to live? Where is my soon-to-be ex going to live? And where will the children be, you know, with whom, when, and why? And and then, you know, who gets what property? And there may not even have thought about all of that property, you know, including things like IRAs, 401ks, you know, you know, houses, boats, cars, and, and it's really a state of overwhelm. So the questions that really are asked first can, can vary depending on the stage of divorce. I also, frankly, Lana, see a lot of people post-divorce who have trouble, you know, getting back on their feet, so to speak. They, they really can't move forward from, you know, the emotional, you know, pain that they've created and, and it's a real process and a real shift in mindset to be able to, to, to take a different path and decide that, you know, it's really worth moving forward. So at any stage that you are, I think it's ideal to start, you know, with a coach if you, if you can at the beginning. But if you find yourself post-divorce with complications, it's a perfect time to reach out and say to a coach, Hey, this agreement I signed isn't working. What can I do to, you know, honor the children, for instance, without raising unnecessary conflict, but, but to make it better? Okay. Okay. And, you know, I do know the post-divorce process, a lot of people have to deal with those feelings. You know, there's a lot of stigma attached to divorce. You know, sometimes you might be feeling like a failure and something, and you do need somebody to assist you and guide you through that process so you can become healthy and whole again. Um, but, I'm wondering, I'm just off on a tangent here because so many things are going through my mind here. Do you work um, hand-in-hand with the divorce attorneys as well, or are you kind of removed from that situation? It's really up to the client, Lana, and I, I want to just comment upon your tangent for, for a moment, <laughs> if I may, because it's so fascinating. <laughs> Uh, you mentioned in the opening that, you know, the, the, the rate of uh, divorce in red states was, was a bit higher than in, than in blue states. And we don't know why or how that all falls out. Certainly there's more research to be done. But, you know, when you talk about the stigma around divorce, I think that's a big component that has to be addressed in the coaching process and, and really one that we need to let fall away. And, and I do a lot of work with clients on that very issue. And, and it really comes down to educating the public, too, about, you know, the fact, for example, that children aren't hurt by divorce, they're hurt by conflict in divorce. And if we can avoid that um, in any way, the children are well served and sometimes they really do much better um, after the split. And that's not saying that with an agenda, but people, the reality is people do divorce. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the perspective that I you know, come with. I also don't think divorce is always the answer. So if, if people are really struggling with that as a beginning, I can certainly help them know what their journey may be and they may make a different decision. And there are, you know, as many reasons to make a different decision as there are couples, you know, in the world. So, um, I'm always very not judgmental about those decisions. Only they can decide, you know, what path they will walk each day. But I want them to be prepared with information about, you know, what they will face. Yes, I mean, I, I think the more information that you're armed with, you know, um, and and more uh, somebody kind of guiding you from the non-emotional stance because you, you can get caught up in the, the anger and, you know, the hurt of it and make irrational decisions that will affect not only yourself but, like you said, your children long term. And, and that's kind of one of the things that I've always seen happen when couples break up that has always troubled my heart is – the, the adults in the situation tend to hold the children kind of hostage in this kind of, you know, I don't like you anymore and you don't like me, so, you know, we're going to have this little battle thing and the kid get caught, kids get caught in the middle. And I've always found that so tragic and sad. And, um, you know, with people like you, I, I would hope that it kind of alleviates, uh, takes away that element of uh, stress for a child that is so unnecessary. You know, that is the goal, obviously, if there are children involved, but it really is up to the individual. As, as they say, you can, you know, bring the horse to water, but you can't make <laughs> them drink. And I often tell clients who are in the thick of it, you know, you have a choice. You can be right 
or you can be happy. You might not always be both. So, you know, let's choose happy. Let's move forward. Let's shift that mindset because that's really, in fact, what it is. Um, there's often no black or white. Everybody has a responsibility in the divorce, and it's it falls so much more in that gray zone. If everyone takes responsibility for what, you know, they view um, in the marriage that they could have done better and maybe it's now not repairable, then, you know, in the end, the children are well served because it's really about moving forward and not looking back. Moving forward, what I tell people all the time. Uh, Sherry, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be back with more right after this. Welcome back to Don't Box Me In. Here's your host, Lana Reed. Hello, hello, and welcome back. Today I'm spending time with Sherry Morris, who is a certified divorce coach. You can find her in Washington, D.C. at Life Transition Matters. And uh, we were kind of talking about what a divorce coach does and, and that whole uh, part they play in the process. Now, uh, we kind of touched on this a little bit, but... Um, as with life, as life happens, um, you might have one partner wishing to seek the services and who is open, emotionally open to coaching, um, and you find the other partner who I'm not going to therapy. We, you know, we just we don't need any help. I don't need that. Um, how does a how does the one partner navigate through that? I'm I'm looking to try to find a way to go through this process as as stress free as possible, but you have the other partner who refuses to uh, participate in divorce coaching? Yeah, that's a great question, um, Lana. And what I find with people is that it really varies. And sometimes therapy is required. And again, I want to point out the distinction between what I do and therapy. Coaching is really a specific forward-looking mindset. And some therapy certainly can be too, but it's not really um, a program designed to, you know, visit specific you know, pathological diagnosis and, and fix people. It's really a plan, a program that, that individuals or couples develop for moving forward. So, you know, if that, if that's what works for them and they are committed to that, certainly a couple can do it. Otherwise, it really may be the work of an individual to go to therapy, um, around the idea that their marriage may be ending, even if that's not something they want. And, you know, I may get the partner who's deciding to move forward. And really what I help them do is understand and be compassionate about their partner and hopefully, you know, help them reframe their mindset, even if they decide divorce is the best option about how they can be compassionate, serve their children and themselves well in the process. Okay, okay. Now, I, I read somewhere, I think, that they say um, involving the services of a divorce coach can actually lower the cost of a divorce. Um, how does that all play into? Yes, it, it certainly can, because one of the, the things we talk about um, as divorce coaches are the big mistakes that people make in divorce, and it's it's not a scare tactic. It's just things we see again and again that happens, and one of those things is not using you know, professionals in the way they're intended to be used. So when you hire a lawyer, they're there to give you legal advice, not emotional support, not really even, you know, specific options that you may have um, and that you want to address in your divorce because they're probably charging a lot more money than another professional who could do the same job for, you know, a lot less. So let your lawyer address the legal issues and, Make sure you have good questions to ask your lawyer when you're paying that lawyer for their valuable time. And then bring the rest to your divorce coach. And your divorce coach can actually help you decide other professionals that you may want to consult that are much less costly than your lawyer. You may decide you want to do a whole different kind of divorce process that doesn't involve lawyers at all, but maybe just one shared mediator if your state allows. So really... You know, it's very, it's very state specific, first of all, but it's also, also really a way to reduce costs by allowing your divorce coach to help you think through options about professionals you may hire. Okay, okay. Now, most of us, when we think divorce, we automatically default in our thought process to attorney, but you've mentioned a, a couple times here, there's other professionals that are involved that could possibly be involved in this divorce process. What types of alternative options besides an attorney can a couple seek out? 
So certainly, you know, again, state dependent, the, there are different processes available to people. And one of those is the process of mediation where, you know, you're not deciding, you're not from the beginning thinking that there's going to be a contentious fight, but rather that you're going to agree how to collaborate potentially and, you know, make divisions in property and decide what's in the best interest of the children. So certainly mediators are a possibility. Um, there are parenting professionals, parenting coordinators, certainly mental health professionals that can work with children and the adults so that, again, you can work more together than against each other. Um, I, I don't want to say that this is the best option in, in every every divorce because sometimes, again, you're dealing with mental health issues, for example, of one partner that will not allow that kind of work-together attitude. And if that's the case, then you really need to know also the right lawyer to hire because it can make a big difference if your lawyer you know, has a very aggressive approach um, versus a very laid back approach. And there are different kinds of lawyers, you know, for every kind of divorce. And and you want to know, you know, who you should hire to best represent your interests and those of your children. Okay. Okay. Now, what what should somebody look for when they're trying to find a divorce coach? So when you're looking for a divorce coach, um, you know, it's a relatively new area. So it's really up to you to decide what your priority is. If like, you know, you, if you're looking for someone with a legal background, that certainly could be someone like me. But there are also people that come from other, you know, professional accreditations. So if, for example, you're most focused on your marital home and whether you should sell it or you shouldn't sell it. There are, you know, real estate professionals who become certified divorce coaches who really specialize in the area of, you know, selling or staying in the in the marital home. There are, you know, people who come from financial backgrounds who become certified divorce coaches. And of course, their bent is probably more on, you know, the division of assets. But really, no divorce coach should tell you that they are practicing probably in any of those areas as they're coaching you because I am very specific with my clients that I am not practicing law, that I am their thinking partner, that I will help them frame questions to ask their legal professional or their financial professional or their parenting professional um, if they have one, if they decide to have one, but that really what I'm doing is making sure at each step of the way that they are asking the right questions of everyone involved in the divorce. Okay, okay. Now, it would seem to me, you know, we have this this thing when pe- two people sit down to um, get married, uh, there's a, a whole lot of talk about uh premarital uh, therapy sessions and stuff like that, and you go away for these weekend retreats to to prepare you for this whole process of marriage. Um, I'm I'm wondering if it would be beneficial to have um, maybe, you know, somebody like you come in and, and to the couple and say, you know, look, this is how we need to develop a plan for, I mean, because you, you never want to say, okay, we're going to get divorced, you know, nobody wants to think that, but um, a backup plan to the backup plan, perhaps? Maybe. You know, it's a, it's a fabulous idea, Lana. And let me say that I, I had a flashback, as you suggested that, to Driver's Ed. Remember when they used to make us watch those horrible videos? What if, yes. they, just, what if they made us pre-marriage watch yeah. horrible divorce trials? Here's what yeah. happened to you. And, of course, you're right. You know, you don't want to spoil um, the honeymoon. The flip yeah. side of that is you, you should be prepared. So there is lots you can talk to people about, even before they marry. And it's funny you mention it because I just had a call from a client. I'm based in Washington, D.C., but I, I really have clients all over the country. And she was happened to be in New York City, and she was contemplating marriage and children. And she said, I really thought it made sense to call a divorce coach because you have some understanding of the other end of the process. And I thought that was really you know prescient for someone in their young 30s to even think mm-hmm. that that was the case. And not everyone is so forward-thinking, of course, and not everyone will be receptive. But for those that we can educate about this uh, i think it's a really good thing yeah yeah i mean you know like i said you don't you you always hope for the best you you know you don't go into marriage thinking or hoping that you're going to get divorced but it you know you want to have a plan for if it does go that way and you want to have a plan for what happens when you do hit the rough spots in your marriage and 
that's when you could call Sherry and say, look, we're kind of thinking about it. And maybe Sherry can talk us through it and say, no, we're not really at that, that stage in our marriage that we can continue forth. We just need to make some adjustments, you know, and, and give and take a little bit more. So, you know, I, I just think like if we give ourselves all the tools that we possibly have, you know, maybe we'll have some more successful outcomes possibly. Uh, well, I think you're exactly right, and I think one thing people can do as they plan to marry is, is in fact, make that plan for what happens if. I mean, you know, young women all the time are making decisions, for example, um, not not to be the one working outside of the home for obvious biological reasons, mm-hmm. but what repercussions will that have on the long run if there were to be a divorce? And what, you know, with, with the spousal support the way it is now generally framed, it's not a forever thing. So you may have to think long term about what your lifestyle would be, how it would change if your partner, not even you, decides decides that they no longer want to be married to you. It's no longer uh, a lifetime obligation of support. So, you know, as we think as young people, or, you know, our own children or others about long-term plans and the educational commitments they have made, you know, there, there are decisions that really impact you when you do marry because, it's probable, if if not, you know, no one looks forward to it, that, that your marriage may not last. So, you know, looking at what's next makes good sense for all of us. Okay. Okay. Now, one of the things that I also read here, um, and it just seems to be a constant theme, I, I keep on hearing this when it comes to divorce coaching, is you guys uh, hold your clients accountable um, in this process of divorce. What 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 is the client being held accountable for? You really, you know how to hit all the highlights, Lana. I, I appreciate that because I like to say I'm a thinking partner who ho- holds clients to gentle accountability. And and that piece is, I think, perhaps the most important part of, of the puzzle. And it's what allows me as a divorce coach as opposed to your mother or your sister or your best friend um, to do. Because I will remind you of what you have told me. Uh, you want and who you are as your best self. And when I see you not acting in line with your best self, I will remind you gently that that may be the case. And maybe you want to rethink whatever you have just suggested might happen next or what action you might take next. And it's not usual that your lawyer will do that for you because, you know, certainly there are many compassionate, wonderful, you know, and, you know, Good lawyers, and and I sh- I need to say that because I I am one. I practice as one, <laughs> but their primary interest is not your emotional health or the emotional health of of all those around you, including your children. Their primary interest is your legal interest, and so I will remind people that what they do legally may be in their best interest, but it may not be in the long run in their children's best interest or even in their own emotional best interest. So there's a real way to remind your client, this is what you told me you wanted, and now you're, you say you're going to make this decision, and let's think about together how that will impact you in the long run or impact your children or even perhaps impact your relationship with your soon-to-be ex. Okay, okay. I like that. Now, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Uh, when we come back, I want to talk some more about this accountable. I have a couple more questions here, but stay with me. We'll be right back. Let's return to Don't Box Me In with your host, Lana Reed. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. Today I am talking divorce with certified divorce coach, Ms. Sherry Morris. And uh, right before the break, we were talking about uh, holding uh, the client accountable and um, this process of being the uh, the person's best self. Now, I'm just thinking in divorce, it's a very emotional thing. So, Let's just say hypothetically you have this client, they come into your office, they plop themselves in this chair, and they're saying, you know, uh, my best self wants, uh, I'm the better parent, my best self says, you know, I deserve the house, my best self says, you know, I want the car. So how does Sherry navigate through that? Because that's clearly not the person's best self, although they might be telling you. Well, that's right. And so really sometimes, sometimes you have to, you know, call people on their foibles, which is when I'm happy that, you know, I'm not their best friend or even their other, right? So I say to them, you know, I want to bring you back, you know, uh, Lulu. Let's, let's have our coaching client called Lulu. I want to bring you back, Lulu, to what we discussed at the beginning of our, 
our program together. Do you remember that you filled out this uh, information about who you want to be throughout your divorce? And I promised to remind you of it. And now, you know, you're telling me that you want something that really doesn't line up with who you told me you were. Has it changed? Has something mm-hmm. shifted? And I allow them certainly the space, Lana, to tell me that something has changed. And ultimately, you know, I hold them accountable, but I can't bind them to what, you know, they should do. So they will go ahead and make a decision. And I have had clients make decisions that they later, they later report to me and say, you know, I, I wish that I had listened when you held me accountable, but I had to find out on my own that maybe it wasn't the best way to proceed. And now I'm not going to do that again because here was the repercussion for that. Okay. Um, just curious in the, how long have you been a divorce coach? So I've been doing the coaching practice uh, just this year. So I've been practicing, you know, law for many years before that. And I actually wanted to bring this up. In the in-between, I, I also happened to, to write a book. And it was a book filled with lots of humor. And I think one of the things that really helps me and, and helps me tell my clients how to get through divorce is to always bring a sense of humor to the table because if we're not – if we're not laughing sometimes, Lana, we're going to be crying. And mm-hmm. I find that you may be doing both at the same time when you're going <laughs> through divorce. So I really do emphasize how important it is. Although we're talking about a very serious subject, we can't take ourselves too seriously. We have to understand that what we may view um, still within our society and culturally as something with a lot of stigma, it really isn't a life-ending event in the end. It can really be you know, life-affirming or life-renewing, and it can even be okay for the kids. So sometimes when we try to take a break from all the seriousness, we, we do a little bit better. Mm-hmm. You know, I've talked to many grown um people who have said that their parents stayed together because of them, you know, and they didn't want to, you know, raise their children in, you know, separate homes. And they they now say as a grown person that it was more detrimental to them for their parents to stay together than to go ahead and get the divorce. So, um, you know, sometimes we carry around these, we're, we're doing the right thing, we're doing the best things as adults, but you know, uh, as we've mentioned a couple of times, the kids kind of get caught in a crossfire sometimes and we're not making the best emotional, um, healthy decisions for, uh, our children. So, um, I, I really, I just really think, you know, sitting down with somebody like Sherry helps us navigate through all of the, the emotional stuff that as you're going through it, we don't see it. Sometimes you need that outside party to kind of guide you through. Well, that's right. And I think that it's important to point out that sometimes divorce is, you know, for whatever reason, again, not the best decision for an individual. And again, there are no judgments about that. But also staying in a marriage and having a lot of high conflict is neither healthy for the individual nor children that live in the home. So um, certainly if if you need therapy, you should get it and you should get that support and, you know, work with a marital counselor. But if you want, you know, a program to maybe proceed and make, you know, positive changes in the dynamic between you that don't involve, you know, therapeutic diagnoses, then then coaching can really work. Okay. Now, in your coaching and, and the clients that you've had, um, has it always been uh, the, the conclusion of it that the couples have divorced or has there been some instances where the couple said, you know what, we've re- re- reevaluated the situation, we're going to kind of try this a little bit longer to see if it works? Well, the story is yet to end on many of those. Some people come to coaching. And again, the vast majority of my clients are individuals, not couples. Um, And I think that it is the unique couple that can do coaching together, to be honest with you, because they have to be really committed to the idea that this is this is a collaborative joint process and that they're committed to the idea that they want something to move forward and they're going to try it. And and for both people to be in the same place when they actually are contemplating divorce is pretty unusual. However, um, sometimes it happens. And sometimes, for example, they've been to therapy but aren't satisfied with what they found. And, and they think maybe they can do better themselves if they put their heads together and come up with, for example, ways to respond to each other in the moment that don't involve shouting and yelling. And, you know, things can be as simple as coming up with a, you know, a three-point guide to what happens after conflict arises. You know, I wait, you know, I count to 100 before I say a word. Um, I can't tell you how many marriages would be helped with that. You know, so it's really about the individuals um, deciding to commit to that. But, 
certainly more often I'm coaching individuals, you know, through divorce or, you know, interestingly enough, post-divorce who have really been unable to move forward or have post-divorce disputes, which is why I talk a lot in my coaching about it matters on the front end what you put in that divorce agreement. Okay, okay. You know, I've always, you know, felt it kind of, you know, humorous in a sad way, you know, that you have to take these courses and get a license to drive. You have to take these courses and get this license to be a doctor. But, you know, the world just kind of lets you go out there and, and get married and, and you be a parent. And There's no rule book for it. And, you know, a lot of people are like floundering and it's kind of sink or swim kind of thing. So um, this these tools that, that you provide to people, like I said, I just really think it, it's so helpful um, because – like I said, there's no rule book for some of this stuff. You know, I like you, you like me. Hey, let's get married. And now you're in it. It's like, wait a minute. We don't know what the heck we're doing. Well, you know, it's really true. And one thing we do, because we really want to reach, I think, as coaches, you know, everyone um, that we can and not limit it to a very discreet group that can afford to hire a private coach. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I do in my business is offer webinars, for example, that are accessible by phone and computer where people can get lots of good information um, there's a Facebook group right now called Dear Divorce Coach that I founded with a collaborator, and there are letters from people asking, how do I approach this situation in separation or divorce or in, even in marriage? What you know, They're asking for advice, and we're not lawyers, we're not parenting professionals, and we're not therapists, but we are, are people who can help be a thinking partner to whatever you're going through. So we, we, we really like to reach as many people as we can, and it helps us because we like to hear from as many people as we can. We like to know what's going on, you know, in marriages all, all across the United States, all over the world. So, um, I, I feel like we can really be in touch with that and really learn from each other and, and prepare better for, you know, what happens in separation and divorce. Now, you mentioned your webinars, and I want to make sure the audience knows that you have this six-class uh, series uh, webinars, Divorce 101, The Basics. Uh, what, are, what are the classes that uh, they will find in your webinars? So, so if you go to my website, there's a link to the, you know, Eventbrite where all the classes are listed. Um, you know, it starts out, the series has already begun, but people would be entitled to get copies of all the webinars we've done to date and ends November 4th. And we plan to relaunch the series and actually add one called Divorce 201 and do some more advanced courses. But we start with avoiding the six biggest mistakes in divorce, and we proceed from there to talk about the professionals you use in divorce, the divorce agreement. We talk about creating best self. We talk about creating good boundaries. We talk about parenting plans. And we talk about serving the best interests of the children. So these are really all of the touchstones, uh, a financial plan, whether to sell or keep the marital home. You know, really all the issues you would cover in divorce, we try to touch upon in the webinar. And, you know, our basic series is really the fundamentals of divorce. And for more complex issues in separation and divorce, we'll have, you know, the 201 series. Okay. And you, you say we. This is a collaboration with you and some other people? Yes, I have a wonderful collaborator um, on Dear Divorce Coach, uh, Vicki Volweiler, who's based in Long Island, New York. And on the webinar series, uh, I have Vicki Volweiler, who's in Long Island, and also Maida Farrar, who is based in the Bay Area in California and who is still a practicing family law lawyer. At the same time, she's a family law coach. So it's been a really great collaboration. Um, although none of us, you know, are currently practicing law, two of us are lawyers, and Vicky's background is in marketing, um, but from a real analytical perspective. So it really gives us some good tools to be very rational in this process. Um, and as I like to say, my my yoga teacher certification <laughs> has added an element of uh, you know what what Vicky sometimes calls foo foo, and I call <laughs> that stuff that we really need to connect with if we want to make the rational meet the emotional. So. Mm-hmm. You know, there are really ways we can take better care of ourselves throughout this process so that we don't take it out against the children or the soon-to-be ex. And I really think that's as an essential component is having a good divorce agreement. Now, you've mentioned a couple of times throughout the show today um, that you you are an attorney. What Was your practice divorce um, related? 
It's interesting, Lana. It was not related to divorce and any of its permutations. I did lots of different kinds of practice of law, but the the essential component, I think, for me was I grew up with with a father who was uh, a family law professional and ultimately a domestic uh, court magistrate judge. And the way he saw people treating each other um, in court and behaving badly, not only in front of their children, but on behalf of their children, you know, saddened him and made it very difficult for him to continue with the practice. So he always told me, don't go into this area of law, do something different. And I think, frankly, it would have been my passion. So I did all the other, you know, glamorous corporate stuff um, of TV law, but really fundamentally think I was drawn, especially since my own divorce, to do the work of a divorce coach. So that's that's why, you know, I landed here. And, and I do like to think of the story my dad told me about, you know, the 85-year-old couple who came into his office one day and said, help us, help us. We can't stand to be married for one more day. Wow. And, you know, it's really it's really interesting because no one really should have to suffer in that way. And this was, yeah. you know, mutual. It wasn't, you know, a particular individual. But again, whether it was cultural or, you know, the time, you know, people really did have the stigma around divorce. I think it does still exist to some extent, but really has to change if we're to serve, you know, individuals in our society. And that isn't to say that people shouldn't be treated fairly or treated, um, you know, in a way that, that really gives great respect to the individuals, um, you know, especially somebody perhaps who hasn't worked outside of the home for some period of time, et cetera. But divorce is going to happen, and if we face it and face it rationally as a society and, you know, meet the emotional needs of people in divorce, I think it'll look a lot better than it does right now. Yes, and a, a lot more uh, emotionally healthy people walking around in society, which is always a benefit. Uh, Sherry, we're going to take our last commercial break of the day. Stay with me. We'll be right back right after this. Welcome back to Don't Box Me In. Here's your host, Lana Reed. Hello, welcome back. Don't box me in. Today I'm hanging out with Sheree Morris. She is a, a sh- Sherry Morris. <laughs> we had talked about that before the show. Sherry Morris, she is a certified divorce coach. And before the break, we were talking about uh, the webinars that um, she and a few other ladies host. One that is currently uh, going on now. But you said the next one starts when? So the next one is actually next Wednesday, um, October 14th, and is at 12.15 Eastern Standard Time. And people can hop on at an individual class, so it's not a problem to sort of start mid-webinar. And the next series will start sometime in November. November, okay. Now, um, you know, listening to the concept of the webinars and today's technology and everything, I'm I'm wondering if, now we've said many times that you're based in Washington, D.C., if somebody is listening and they, they really like Sherry, do, do they have to be in the D.C. area to uh, get your services or, or is it divorce coaching able to, to um, conduct itself via the Internet and stuff or do you have to be in the city with you? You do not. In fact, I have local clients. You know, you may have heard how terrible the traffic here is in D.C. Yes. So I, I, I often like to to meet a client if they're local in person for the first time so that we can get to know each other. But I also have long-distance clients that have only met me through video Skype. So that's, a, you know, and if they're more comfortable just talking on the telephone, that's fine with me too. So absolutely it's possible to do the work of that. You know, with screen sharing technology now and, you know, every form of communication available, to us it's really it's really easy to make that accessible to everyone amazing so somebody on the west coast can seek sherry and and uh, get some help so I, I like that i like that now you've got this thing going on called life transition matters how long has that been around so that's new to me this year in my coaching practice. And what I really like to say about my, you know, divorce coach practice is there are so many life transitions we face and divorce really is just another one of those transitions. So I really try to meet people wherever they are on the path, whether it's to divorce, whether it's, you know, an empty nester, whether it's a young person launching into professional life for the first time. So there are really many areas of life transition where I serve people and I find it really rejuvenating to meet people, you know, in all walks of life, but also at all ages of life. So um, that's how I named my business Life Transitions Matter, because they do matter. And it's often, you know, going forward, how we behave in those life transitions that sets the imprint for what's next. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Now, that's in D.C. And um, 
tell us where do we have to go to to connect with you for that. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Lana. If you go to www.lifetransitionsmatter.com, and the transitions is plural, that's how you find my website. And I offer lots of, uh, you know, articles online to sort of support people in separation, divorce, and other life transitions. I'm also on Facebook and Twitter. So I try to stay relevant and current as new things occur in the field and share those with followers. Uh, the Dear Divorce Coach is a Facebook page right now. Uh, Vicki and I are developing and launching the website that will be associated with that. So that's to come. And we really envision it as a one-stop shop for divorce that you can really find there not only advice about divorce, but help in any stage of divorce. And uh, we think it really will meet people, you know, wherever they are in separation and divorce and be able to meet their needs. And then, of course, we would still offer the individual coaching as people need it to to really help them on an individual basis um, as they have questions and specific needs along the way. Okay. Okay. Now, with divorce, um, you know, you'd hope that after the person, the divorce is final, that the individuals have some downtime, you know, to kind of get back and, and learn who they are as individuals before they move into the next relationship, possibly marriage. Um, as a divorce coach, with the things that you have seen, um, if you could uh, give people some takeaways, what would you hope that people learn from their first divorce that they take into their new relationships or marriage um, to be healthier the second go around? Wow, that is a really, that's the best question I think ever anyone has ever asked me in my uh, divorce coaching practice. I feel like I need to write a whole article about that. So, it, you know, in 30 seconds, I'll try to give you, you know, sort of the best answer to that. But I think, I think the first thing is to really listen to each other and to find out what matters to your partner because what matters to you might not matter to them. And, and that's where I see so much of, you know, the conflict arising when people divorce that they really haven't met each other where they are. You know, it may matter to your partner that you're home every day by 6 p.m. to just be present for the family. And you may think that doesn't matter at all, but it really doesn't matter what you think. It matters what they think. And then they should meet you where you are if you need to, you know, take that break on Saturday or Sunday for a few hours. So that's obviously a simple example, but it's really fundamentally about the communication. Um, and I think also that you have to have some equitable division of what's happening. So one person cannot feel that they're doing all the heavy lifting in the relationship. There really has to be some equity there. So however it happens, um, make sure it's right for your partner and really talk about it and have a plan and, and really weekly check-ins. Um, I had a great therapist tell me once that you really need state of the unions each week. And I, I think that gives it the level of import. It's pretty, pretty darn important to prioritize your partner. And frankly, they have to be more important to you even than your children. As much as we all love our children, you have to know that in the end, they're going to leave you and go out into the world, but your partner is always going to be there, you hope. So pay attention, prioritize, spend time together, remember what makes each other happy. Now, you being, you know, this awesome and amazing, you know, divorce coach that you are, we're going to assume that your relationship with your partner now is just always wonderful and you never have any <laughs> disagreements and it's just roses and daisies every day, right, Sherry? Well, well, you, you, Mona, how did you know? In fact, you will not, for purposes of this interview, will not be consulting him. So I will, I will represent that on my side. I never make any mistakes. So, yes, it's all good. <laughs> But really, it's fundamentally, it's funny you, you ask that this week, and I will answer you honestly that we have had so little time together because of both of our, um, you know, jobs that we need to make that time. And so we will make that time, and we have to prioritize, prioritize making that time, even though we may feel like we don't have it. You know, I have four children, he has one, and so that's five children in a blended family. That's a lot. But we yes. have to make time for each other. and. Uh, you know, I may have to get back to you on that, but I promise you, before <laughs> early next week, we'll spend some time together. Awesome, awesome. And the point being that no matter who you are, your relationship is always a work in progress, and 
we're always working on it. And, you know, if you want it to be successful, you know, you have to, you just always have to be working at it. So I, I just think that's, that's cute. And, and, you know, a lot of times people think, you know, that those of us that are doing this, we've always got it together. And sometimes we do slip and fall. You know, so. you know it's really in my view, Lana, and I can tell just that you embrace this mindset, which is, mm-hmm. You gotta look forward, you gotta move forward, and you have to, you have to acknowledge that we all make mistakes, um, even you and I, and that it's okay to do that, as long as you can pick yourself up and keep going. True, true, awesome. Now on a side note, a fun side note here, um, you're also a yoga teacher, like you, um, mentioned earlier, so you do that in the DC area as well? So yes, I was teaching for a long time. I'm actually currently not teaching a class, but I still practice a lot, and I happen to favor a form of yoga that my partner wishes I didn't. I like the hot, <laughs> the hot vinyasa yoga, and I drag him along to it. And he's like the Tin Man standing in a room with a bunch of you know young, young nubile women, not including me, by the way. But he'll say to me, you know, this is ridiculous. I can't even touch my toes. But but you know, that's where he meets me where I am, and he steps up to to do the practice. And what I find really is it's less about the physical, although that, you know, sweating is good for you. It's really about having that hour to clear your mind and to really let everything go. Um, And that's why I'm such a proponent of mindfulness as well as yoga. Um, And also just to bring it back to humor, you know, laugh a little. And I hear you doing that. And I think that's so fabulous because you have to have a good time doing what you're doing or what's the point of it all. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. You have to enjoy it. I mean, there's too many opportunities in life for life to be so serious and, and stern. So when you get those those gems of time where you can laugh and embrace that laughter, why not do that? Um, before we get out of here, um, you mentioned that you have a book out, right? I sure do. Oh, my gosh, Lana, you're so kind to to bring it up. And I was just thinking, because I had a writing partner for the book, that she would be the one person I hadn't mentioned and she was going <laughs> to kill me. So you've just saved my life, Lana. <laughs> The book is called Desperate in D.C., and it's on Amazon. It's also um, at the website called Desperate in D.C., and it's a humorous account of, you know, life in Washington, D.C., the nation's capital, and really addresses the stresses of being, you know, a wife, a worker, a mother, everything else that you're expected to be in a big city. So anyone who, you know, lives in an urban area can probably appreciate the trials and tribulations of the women in this book. All righty. So we've got a whole bunch of ways to connect with Sherry here. We've got Desperate in D.C., the book. We've got to go to Facebook and do Dear Divorce Coach, right? That's right. And then we've got webinars here. Uh, The next series is starting in November, but we can jump on board with the ones that are doing now. And that's Eventbrite, right? That's exactly right. And they can just look up on the Facebook. They can go to lifetransitionsmatter.com and they'll see the webinar right there. Awesome, awesome. Well, Sherry, we are at the end of the hour. I have had such a wonderful time talking to you. It's been a new field that I didn't know too much about, so now I am enlightened and, uh, you know, I'm just, just, I'm just amazed at the stuff that you do here. So I have had a wonderful time with you today. My guest today has been Sherry Morris. Make sure you check out her website, lifetransitionswithasmatter.com, and sign up for a seminar if needed. Thank you, Sherry, for hanging out with me today. Mom, it's been a real privilege. Thank you. Awesome. That's all for this week's show. I'll be back next week at the same time. Until then, remember when it comes to your dreams, the words can't and won't should never slow you down. There is always space to change and to grow. Don't be boxed in. Live your very best life. I am your host, Lana Reed, and I'll see you all next week.